Welcome to the 2015 Faith Forward podcast series. The following presentation was recorded live at the 2015 Faith Forward gathering, April 20th through 23rd at St. James Cathedral in Chicago. During these four days, hundreds of conversation partners from around the world and spanning dozens of denominational traditions gathered to equip, resource, and inspire one another toward innovative theology and practice in ministry with children and youth. This podcast episode features Leslie Nugent's presentation at this gathering, which she titled Radical Welcome, Breaking Down Barriers in Sunday Worship. Some things got said um, and demonstrated by the last uh, two speakers, uh, and that is that we are called to be a room full of troublemakers. And I am so honored to be here with you troublemakers. Now, there was a uh, bishop that spoke with us this morning, and one of his words was that we're going to trample on the boundaries. And we've started that. We just heard some trampling on boundaries, and I'm going to tell you, just let's keep those seatbelts buckled, because we are going to trample on some more boundaries, okay? Um, You heard that I have two children. Uh, My youngest son, JJ, was born with Down syndrome. Um, JJ, uh, it took till he was about five years old till we got a chance to worry about my son having Down syndrome. He was critically ill. And through critical illness, um, if you've ever had a child that is critically ill, it creates PTSD. And my son became very behaviorally challenged. Um, And that would be putting it mildly. So taking my son out into the world was intimidating and at times completely disabling. Um, And I'm talking about going into Target and him lying on the floor and licking it because he can't talk. And so how he tells us he doesn't want to do something is he drops to the floor. Now, you'd think that it's hard to be in the world, but oh, thank God for church, right? Church is a safe place and Jesus loves the little children, but you know, not so much. Not so much. And those of you who have children or have someone you love who has a disability and doesn't fit the norm knows what I'm talking about here. Because for us, it is subtle, maybe not so subtle, but we are not fitting in rows, and we're not facing forward, and we're not following the rules, and that isn't okay. So I thought in seminary I was going to be a chaplain. I didn't want to work with the disabled community. For God's sake, I live it. I didn't want to do it, and God had other plans. I worked in advertising up the street here on Wacker when I came out of college. I was an ad exec, and now I'm standing here as a reverend talking to you about children with disabilities. God has a sense of humor, you guys. (laughs) That I know. I'm living proof of this. 
But here's the deal. I'm sitting there right about ready to graduate, right about ready to be ordained, and I'm in my own church home in Wyzetta, Minnesota, and a young man who has uh, spina bifida comes wheeling down. And he is my inspiration. Because as he's coming down, he is uh, in the middle of a sermon by our senior minister. There's five of us. It's a big church. And it's a very formal church. And in the midst of the sermon, he bursts out, Jesus loves the little children. Well, everyone is <gasps> appalled, right? Oh my gosh, he's talking, singing, he's doing something. He's in a wheelchair. The senior minister's talking, this is wrong. And everyone looks, and it's that fast. The father wheels the child out, it's over. And I sat in the pew and I thought to myself, my God, my God, that was the holiest moment of the hour. That was the holiest moment of the hour and how did we miss it? And that's when I realized I needed to be in special needs ministry even though I don't want to. <laughs> I but I do now because what I learned from it, what I've learned from it is the power in this community. And so here's the deal. This group of people with intellectual disabilities, they are natural born worship leaders. They have the heart of Jesus. They are pure, right? So I just spoke last week in Washington, D.C., and another speaker there was Tim Shriver from the Kennedy family, wrote a book called Fully Alive. His family, his mother, founded Special Olympics. I'm reading the book prior to the conference, and every other page I'm writing, where is the church? Where are we? Special Olympics has changed lives around the world, has given people the spirit of knowing they matter and that they can lead and that they do have gifts. Where are we? And so that's the question I want to sort of pose to you. Where are we? So here's the theology behind parables. Um, first off, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12, the body of Christ. I'm going to read to you from Eugene Peterson's The Message. And I want you to listen really carefully here because he says each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, discernment, and tongues. Everybody gets in on the act. Unless they don't. Unless they don't. So that is our anchoring, um, if you will, theology for the ministry of parables, which you can see up on the banner and here has all these fish going this way and one lone fish going this way. Now I'm going to stop for a minute because the red fish is the community of people who have special needs. But you know what, guys? It's us too. We all 
all, if we're honest, have a little red fish inside of us. That part of us that doesn't fit in. That, oh my gosh, if they knew this about me, they wouldn't like me. Things we are ashamed, ashamed of. Things that we worry will be found out. And so the, the red fish is talking about owning our uniqueness and our beauty and saying, you know what, we are not swimming in the wrong direction, we're swimming in a different direction, right? And I mean, amen to that, why not? And to celebrate that. And the other thing is parables. When I was in seminary, I wrote a paper for constructive theology. And in it, I called my son the greatest parable of my life. My teacher was intrigued by that. He said, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't call him a blessing. I said, oh, good grief. Blessing would not go far enough. My son's a parable because how did Jesus teach parables? What were they? They were hard lessons to hear. They turned everything upside down. They made trouble. And I would argue that Jesus is a redfish. Because you know what? He got hung for it. Yes, he did. He shook it up. He said things people didn't want to hear. And that is what this community does. What did Jesus teach? Humility, vulnerability, dependence, honesty, transparency. He taught us all these things that this community naturally does. They can't help it. This is how they live. And so, you know, we were talking about this horizontal learning that you, this young man just talked about, and that is bang on it. This community is a parable. They teach us. We're not doing this as a charity. We are doing it so perhaps we could learn something. Perhaps we could learn to take our intelligence out of the way and maybe start feeling the spirit instead of trying to dissect it, right? So that is the red fish, and the idea is that we honor the gifts of all people. And you know what? Sometimes it's hard to find. And for some of these kids, you've got to search deep. But I will tell you, my son is behaviorally challenged, nonverbal, Down syndrome, lots of health issues, and he's the best minister of hospitality we have. Right? <laughs> Thank you. And so that's the point. You have to look beyond what you see and recognize the image of God or the Imago Dei in each and every one. So we're going to look at the five W's of the parable ministry, just to take you through the model of how we have done this. The what, why, who, where, and when. Well, the what is that we are a ministry of empowerment for people with cognitive disabilities, emotional disabilities, behavioral disabilities, and we welcome them all to come into that space exactly as they are. Now here's the rub. You gotta mean it. You can't just say it. And here's the deal, because if you have a child with a disability, this community is subterranean. We have a culture underground. You don't know about it, but it's big and it's broad and we're like mice. And we come up out of the ground and we sniff around and we say, do they mean it? They said we could come the way we are. Do they know what that means? 
do they know Joe's going to be rolling around on the floor and Jane's going to be eating the communion before it's time and so-and-so's going to be dancing on the, on the chancel? Do they know this? And they'll go back to the hole and they'll report back. And all you need is one ounce of judgment and you'll never see us because we've been hurt and the church has done harm. And so the what is saying we're going to have a sacred space where we can be who we are, uniquely created to be, and if y'all want to come in, please join us. And about a third of our congregation comes because this is where they feel the Holy Spirit. They don't feel it sitting in rows, being quiet and following the rules. They feel it when the Spirit breaks out. So that's the what, the why. What would Jesus do? Who would he hang out with? Jesus was hanging out with all the castaways, right? He was not at the country club. He was not sitting, if you've been to Israel, it's crazy busy, and there's so many different types of people. It is not quiet. It is not, it doesn't feel safe, right? It feels energized. It feels, it feels dangerous and troublemaking, and that's what this is. And let me tell you something. Parables is the right thing to do theologically, and I could take you through tons of scripture. The Gospel of Luke is particularly rich in this, but it's also the smart thing to do. Mainline Protestant churches are on the decline on average right now, and the increase, the incidence of autism diagnosis is rising to the point where it is one in 63 kids. This is what the graph, I don't even have to be an economist to know what this graph looks like. We have the church going down and we've got autism going up. Hello, where is the church? These people need us and spiritual loving and guys, we need them because they have some things to teach us. And it, is a, and it is about empowerment, and that's the whole point of this. It is not about charity. And that seems like a throwaway line, but that's the hardest part of this presentation. Because it's an ethos. It's an attitude. And it says, I'm getting out of the way. You run the service. You read the prayers. You read the scripture. I don't care if it takes 20 minutes. We're here for the duration, right? I don't care if you stutter. Keep reading. Because here's the deal. These children, these adults, never get a chance. And we are giving them a platform of love, unconditional love, to be who God created them to be. Who comes? Well, I just said... It, you know, it is a community that has challenges, but as I said, a lot of people come from the larger congregation, but the really cool thing is you will see your ministry jump like that because who else comes? Grandma, grandpa, neighbors, friends, who've never been able to celebrate your child, only been able to say, I'm sorry, yeah. Well, when you get a load of the video in a little bit, you'll see that those sorries go away because we are celebrating gifts. Where? My, my senior minister said, well, we got that basement. It's a good space. I said, no, sir. We're not going to be in the basement. We're always in the basement. We're not going there. We're going to be in a sacred space. And if you know about churches, that someone else was in that sacred space. They'd been there for a thousand years, and it was like, well, yeah. We negotiated, and we are now in a sacred space. They also wanted us to do it on another night. Let's do it. Okay, so that's my next slide. What about when? When do we do it? They wanted us to do it 
Wednesday night, maybe Sunday evening, uh, 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 uh. The point of this is that you are uncomfortable. The point of this is that these folks are not hiding anymore. They are going to be in the same space. They're going to be sharing the bagel room with you with all your sweets and all your coffee. You are going to have to address them. And if you get brave enough, come on in and enjoy the fun. And we also make it every week. Because some churches will do this once a month, once a quarter. Now, if we're going to be equal, we have to do it every week. And this is a group, particularly those with autism, that need routine. They need to know what's coming next, and they can't have it any different. We can do that. We can do that really easily. So how do you begin? Seems a little daunting. I'll tell you what, it happened without any, believe it or not, ministerial leadership. A couple of parents got together and said, we need a support group. They started talking, and before you knew it, they had developed a support group. So that was the group we started this ministry with and this worship service. And they said, don't invite anyone else. Let this group, let this group get its gravitas. Let this group get its anchor and its trust. And let's practice this. And we did. We practiced it and we learned from each other. And when we opened our doors to the larger community, we were ready. Two rules. Safe. Emotionally safe in that space. Second rule, physically safe. If everyone's physically and emotionally safe, there is nothing that happens in that space that throws us. And if it means that a minister has to step down and not have her message heard, then so be it. Because the ministry is happening all around you. My hope and my wish and my prayer is however you connect and however you do this, you find a way to start making trouble and you find a way for the red fish both inside of you and out there. Amen. The contents of this podcast episode are reproduced by permission of the presenter and Faith Forward under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivations copyright. The Faith Forward podcasts are produced by Dave Sinis. Please stay tuned for more episodes of the Faith Forward 2015 podcast series on the web at faith-forward.net and join the movement at the 2016 Faith Forward Gathering, April 18th through 21st in Chicago.